Hey there, it's Rachel Mullins, the host of Hashtag No Filter Fridays on Public House Media. spouse of almost 10 years, a health and fitness enthusiast, a mom, and a registered and certified dental assistant. Again, I want to thank you for being here with me today. And if you find that today's episode resonates with you, or you know someone that would benefit from hearing this episode, I very, very highly encourage you to share it. Also, I love and appreciate any and all feedback. So if you have some feedback you would like to leave, please feel free to email me at confessionsofthemillspouse at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at confessionsofthemillspouse or on Facebook at confessionsofamilitaryspouse. So when I decided to host a podcast, I knew that I'd be opening up my life to pretty much anyone who wanted to listen, which surprisingly has been a lot of people. (laughs) Um, I also knew that I'd have to be somewhat vulnerable and talk about my life and struggles too if I was going to be relatable. However, I also knew I'd be sitting behind a screen and talking into a microphone. So there's always kind of been that sense of quote unquote security there, Noah, knowing that no one can see me type of thing, as silly as that sounds, um, but whatever. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because I want each and every one of you that are listening to this episode to understand that this will hands down by far be the most vulnerable podcast episode to date that I will have published. It's going to be real, it's going to be raw, but it's also something that I have found really needs to be talked about, period. So here goes nothing. is now seven. And looking back, I can confidently say that I suffered from postpartum depression. I had no clue at the time that that's what it was. But knowing what I know now, that's why I can say that I confidently know that I suffered from it. Now, I wasn't totally oblivious to the fact that something was going on. Because I had recognized that I was also suffering from extreme anxiety after I had my daughter, so much so that I could hardly go out to stores or just out of the house to new places because the anxiety of me being surrounded by so many people and the possibility of something happening to my sweet, sweet crying baby (laughs) was suffocating. I would have full-on panic attacks to the point of not being able to breathe when we would go to a store or any unfamiliar place, honestly. 
Thankfully, I recognized that and I did seek out help from my doctor at the time who prescribed some medications, which was not my only option. Um, In fact, I had a lot more options, but I didn't know that at the time. You know, I was young. I was a brand new mom. Everything was so unknown. And it was a struggle for me to even ask for help to begin with. I stayed on the medication, though, for quite some time until I absolutely began to hate the way it made me feel. It made me feel like a zombie. It made me feel like I was a shell of myself. And that's not what I wanted for myself, my husband, and definitely not for my daughter. I was a new mom, and I wanted to be the best mom I could possibly be to this sweet little girl that I had had. I mean, we struggled to have her and we waited a while for her to get here. So I definitely didn't want her having a mom who was only a shell of herself. So I stopped the medication cold turkey. Again, (laughs) looking back, that was probably not the best decision I could have made, but I didn't know any better at the time. I just knew I did not like feeling the way it was making me feel and I needed to change it. So I did. I don't even remember how long I was on the medications for, but I do remember stopping them and the roller coaster it was coming off of them. And surprise, my anxiety and postpartum depression were still there. But I was so determined to not go back on the medications. So I truly think I just suffered through it and thought that eventually it would get better. And it did. And then sometimes it got worse again. This roller coaster continued on for a really long time. Fast forward on the roller coaster of a ride to probably about 18 months ago. I hit my breaking point. I remember it clear as day. It was Christmas break for my daughter. My husband was deployed. And I thought to myself that if I had to spend another day with my child, I was going to go crazy. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a background um, before you guys are like, oh my gosh, she's a monster. Um, (laughs) My daughter was never an easy baby. She literally cried all the time unless she was sleeping, which she didn't do enough of, or if she was eating. I remember there being days that I would literally count down the minutes until she could eat again because I knew she'd stop crying at that point. And I know it sounds awful, but honestly, it's the reality of that situation. I, of course, never mentioned that portion to my doctor. However, I did, you know, kind of feel like I guess something was wrong with my baby because I did take her to the pediatrician a lot to try to figure out what was quote unquote wrong with her because the way she would wail and cry, I just knew something had to be wrong with her. Test after test, doctor after doctor, and she was a perfectly healthy, growing baby. Which, obviously, I am very thankful for, but in the heat of the moment, when you're going through something like that, it's hard to hear that everything is fine when you just have that gut feeling that something is wrong. So, I finally got tired enough of her continual crying that I started researching on my own. And I was shocked 
to discover that Ella was classified as a quote-unquote high-needs baby. But even more shocked to find out that I was not alone. There is a whole world of parents out there dealing and struggling with high-need babies. The support from these groups I received was amazing. And here's the thing, though. High-need babies don't necessarily grow out of being high-needs. Usually, their clinginess and crying does dissipate, but it also turns into a different need, so to speak. So it doesn't necessarily get easier. It just gets different. And I say all of this from personal experience, and it may sound so silly and bizarre and off the wall to you, and it may not make any sense at all unless you've gone through it, but I promise you it is legit. Go Google it. So anyway, back to 18 months ago. I do promise all of this comes together too. So 18 months ago, Christmas break and another day with my daughter. I remember sitting in my room crying, bawling my eyes out because I could not handle it any longer. I knew for a while I should have sought out therapy long before then, but I didn't. It wasn't a commonly talked about thing in my house, so I had a really hard time bringing myself to that first step. Plus, with TRICARE Prime, I assumed like everything else, I needed a damn referral to go see someone. So then I would have to tell two more people that I needed help, and I didn't like the idea of that. It was hard enough to tell my husband and my best friend, so telling complete strangers, not a great idea. Thankfully, my husband and best friend (laughs) knew long before me that I could benefit from it, so it was no shock to them when I finally admitted it to myself. I finally got the courage to seek the help that I needed, and I took to one of our local Facebook groups to find out who everyone recommended for a local therapist and who I needed to get in contact with to get this referral. Much to my surprise, though... I didn't actually need a referral to see a therapist. Phew. One last person that I have to talk about this with. And ironically, here I am talking to all of you about this. So to all of my fellow military spouses, if you have TRICARE Prime, I want you to know and understand that you do not have to have a referral to see a therapist as long as they are in network with TRICARE Prime. So I find a local therapist and thankfully they have an option to schedule appointments online. Like what? Score! I felt like I had literally won the lottery because I didn't actually have to speak to someone on the phone to make an appointment. I know, it seems probably super silly because I was obviously going to have to talk to people during therapy, but that wasn't the point. So I scheduled an appointment online and then the dreaded day came. I actually had to go to this appointment. I dreaded this every single time I went, and I am not even joking. If anybody knows me, you know that I am always early to everything, except my therapy appointments. I was always right on time for them. Definitely never early. And I would text my best friend and give her a list of reasons why I shouldn't go, (laughs) and Thankfully, she'd tell me if I didn't go, I couldn't come over. So, and she was pretty much my lifeline at that point because my husband was gone. So, of course, I went. And then I'd be crying to my husband, telling him I didn't want to go. And he would remind me of how great I always felt afterwards. So, that was another reason to go. Now, you might be wondering why I went to therapy to begin with. 
Well, here's the story. Here's the story that's real, and here's the story that's raw, and here's the vulnerable part. I struggle with parenting. You're probably thinking, haha, you're funny. Everyone struggles. And yes, everyone does struggle. But not everybody struggles like I do. I truly believe that I was born to be a quote-unquote businesswoman. I love to work. I love my job. It fills my cup up. But when you're a mom, it's hard to find that balance of being a mom and a working mom and a wife and a friend and everything else. You feel guilty when you're at work and you feel guilty when you're at home. I also don't know that I have that super nurturing natural instinct as a parent Like, I like to take care of people, and I always thought I'd be an RN, but taking care of people that are not your own seems way different than taking care of your child. It's truly something that I have to work on every single day. And to be honest, if someone told me that if I were to have a kid or kids, I'd have to be a stay-at-home mom, I don't think I could do it. I'm not designed for that. And thankfully, I have a husband who understands and accepts that and still loves me the same. I did try staying at home for 13 months. And after that, I knew I wasn't doing myself or my daughter any favors by staying home any longer. And that's when I made the decision to go back to work. So because I don't have all those natural motherly instincts, I struggle when it comes to parenting and discipline and patience and everything in between. So when I thought out, when I sought out therapy, I truly thought I was only going for this parenting piece and that she basically was going to tell me that I was screwed and I was going to have to deal with all the negative feelings I felt for the rest of my life. What I didn't expect was to learn that there were so many previous experiences in my life that had kind of led up to me having these negative feelings. Things I would have never thought that would have affected the way I thought, which then led to the way I acted, I reacted, everything. I was so shocked to learn so much about myself and even more so the ways I could handle it and heal from it without medications. Week after week. Even though I dreaded going, (laughs) I continued to go and I continued to grow. I put in a lot of time and a lot of work. And then we got those dreaded words of, you have orders. I truly didn't worry about it too much though, because in the sense of continuing my therapy, because I knew my therapist offered online services. And this is where the TRICARE system is so broken and so unfair to military spouses when it comes to mental health and what has really prompted me to tell my story and share it with you guys. I called TRICARE East when we moved to Beaufort after my husband finally checked in. And when I called, I asked if I would be able to continue care with my current therapist because she offered online services. They told me, yes, it would be no problem. I just needed a referral from my PCM requesting a continuation of online services with this provider. So I scheduled an appointment with the provider and put in the necessary request. The provider legitimately looked at me and said, uh, I've never done this before, but I'll try to figure out how to do it. Well, not to my surprise, my referral was denied. 
I called TRICARE East back and explained the situation to them. The second person I spoke to at TRICARE said it was no problem and it was a really easy and they told me the wording to tell the provider to put on the paper and I gave them the therapist's MPI number and everything so I was sure that this would be no issue at all. So I go back in this time but I actually saw like my PCM and not just any provider. She said she had done it before, so she would resubmit and see what we could do. Well, I walked out of there very hopeful, but lo and behold, it was denied again. This time, though, I got a call from my provider's nurse, and she said to me, I saw that you have a referral in the system for a therapist, but what exactly is it that you're trying to do? And I explained to her that I was trying to get a referral for telehealth to continue care with my previous therapist. She said, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do, but that will never be approved. I was shocked. I was taken back. And I said, what do you mean it will never be approved? I've, tro- I've talked to TRICARE twice now, and they told me all I needed to do was see my PCM and have them put a referral in, stating I wanted to continue care with my current therapist via telehealth. And they would approve it. She kind of chuckled and said, yes, they always say that. They always tell you guys, spouses, to just see your PCM for a referral and it will be approved. But the reality of the situation is that it won't actually be approved. I said, I don't understand how I can talk to two different people at the same place and they tell me the same exact thing, but yet you're telling me something completely different. She went on to explain to me that it literally happens all the time and that we as military spouses are often misinformed and that TRICARE will tell us things like, just see your PCM, tell them what you want, and then it'll be approved. She said, but then I'm left to call you spouses and explain that's not actually the case. Guys, I was so mad, frustrated, upset, and everything in between. To be honest, I don't think I was very nice to this nurse at first because I was so upset. I continued to speak with her and basically vent my frustrations, and I did apologize at the end of the conversation for being so hateful towards her. After all, she was just trying to do her job, but it didn't make me any less upset. And here's why. It had literally taken me years to admit that I needed to see someone to get help. Well, maybe not years to admit that I needed it, but it took me years to actually seek out that help and talk to someone. I have a lot of trouble asking for help or admitting I need help, and this was certainly no different, probably even harder for me. So I finally took those first steps and find someone that I'm actually comfortable with and I've been opening myself up to for the last 18 months, only to be told that we have orders to PCS and we're moving. Again, I thought it was no big deal since she does telehealth and that I would be able to continue my therapy via telehealth, but I was wrong. And that's why I feel the TRICARE system is so flawed. It is hard enough for military spouses to have stability in our lives. And I'm sure I'm not the only military spouse who finds it hard to seek help via therapy or counseling and completely open yourself up to someone. So once we do, I feel like it is complete bullshit to have that taken away from us simply because we moved. Moving is completely out of our control and our spouse's control. And if our current therapists offer online counseling, I feel like we should be able to continue to use those services no matter what. We as military spouses want 
and need stability for our sanity and we can't even get that for our mental health? Like what in the actual fuck? You mean to tell me that every three years when our spouse is PCS, that we're going to have to reestablish ourselves with another therapist to continue therapy for our mental health? Yes, because I'm sure that's what every single military spouse, myself included, wants to do. As if it's not hard enough to uproot everything we've known for the last three to four years to pick up and move to an entirely new place. Now you want us to uproot all of the hard work and time we've put in with a therapist regarding our mental health too? People wonder why the suicide rate is so high in military spouses. Well, I'd venture out to say that this is honestly part of it. This is our mental health that we are talking about. It's not like we're talking about some rash that we need to see a doctor for. No, this is deep shit. This is shit we tell nobody else. This is shit that has been buried for years. And all of this shit is so big. So to take it away, what we've known and the person that we've been exposing ourselves to for the past however many days, weeks, months, or years is just absolutely insane and complete bullshit. TRICARE needs to do better for our military spouses. We need to find a way to allow our military spouses to continue with the mental health care they have been receiving, if at all possible, no matter where they are. Mental health is not something that should be taken lightly, and you can tell it clearly pisses me off that I'm even having to write this right now. Then I think about all of my other fellow military spouses, and if I feel this way and I've had this experience, I can only imagine how many other military spouses have had this same exact experience and have these same exact feelings, but have given up hope because the struggle and the fight wasn't worth it. And since I'm being so honest, I will say I've received a referral for a local therapist here back in December, knowing now that I can't see my therapist unless I want to pay out of pocket via telehealth and completely establishing myself again and Telling someone new everything that I've already told someone else is daunting, it's overwhelming, and it's shit. And I can only imagine that if I feel this way, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other military spouses that feel the exact same way. And in my opinion, that way is defeated. It's failed. And we need better. TRICARE needs to do better. My hope of this entire episode is to shed light on this issue and hopefully it reaches someone who understands that they're not alone in their struggles and that it also reaches someone within the TRICARE system or whatever other system it needs to be reached in in order for them to do better for our military spouses and that someday this quote-unquote problem is met with a solution so other and future military spouses don't have to deal with this as current military spouses are. In order to help spread this awareness, if you could please do me a favor and hit the share button once you finish listening to this episode so that we as military spouses can come together and make a difference in our world. I would so greatly appreciate it and I appreciate each and every one of you for being here with me today and listening to my story and my rant. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode.